Do you ever feel like an imposter? Do you feel like you're faking it till you hopefully one day make it in your business goals and dreams? If so, then you're in the right place. Jesse, Lauren, and Mel are three besties who love discussing all things business and side hustle, all to help encourage you to push beyond imposter syndrome. We share real life learnings in real time to get you from where you are to where you want to be. Expect positive vibes, women supporting women, and a business education that you didn't learn in school. This is Imposter Women. Hello, and welcome to Imposter Women, the show that helps you tackle your life and business goals unapologetically and with confidence. I'm your host, Melissa Hassong, and I'm here with my co-host today, Lauren Troxtel, and our very first guest, Ali Marie. In today's episode, we're going to be chatting with Ali about what it's like selling products online and how to create unique digital products through online marketplaces, Etsy, and Zazzle. We're going to discuss the ins and outs of selling online and what it's like to create these beautiful digital products and how to manage a business while also having a young family. So welcome, Ali. Hi, I'm so excited to be here and chat with you guys. Well, we are so excited to have you and really dig into this fantastic business because creating these online businesses are just something that is so amazing and accessible for everyone. And you have been doing it for several years now and just are absolutely on fire. So we really want to dig into what got you started. But I think a great kind of first question would be, tell us about your business. Sure. So my business, um, I started in 2019 and my Etsy shop is Allie Marie Art and my Zazzle shop is Allie Marie. Um, When I first started in 2019, I was mostly creating alcohol ink paintings and jewelry. Um, If you aren't familiar with alcohol ink art, um, it's basically using pigments and isopropyl alcohol, and you create a lot of um, abstract, vibrant, colorful pieces. And it's just something I really, really love to do. And I kind of fell in love with doing that. And I wanted to share that with everybody. So I decided to start my Etsy shop and then eventually started the Zazzle shop um, to be able to sell other products um, that were using prints from my paintings. So Zazzle is a print-on-demand company, basically, that um, artists can upload their artwork and designs onto several different products that they have available, and the company will print and ship them for you when someone orders from your shop. So I was doing both of those things simultaneously, and then just this past year, I ended up getting pregnant and having a little one. And um, unfortunately, I had to give up using alcohol inks um, due to their toxicity. And so at that point, I was basically doing a 180 (laughs) and got into doing digital illustration. And that is what I have been doing ever since. And I am loving it. Um, I miss my inks, but 
I'm embracing this change and just learning more and more about doing digital illustration and selling those kinds of products now. Love that. And your, so I've been on both of your websites at Zazzle, and I was just so struck at the creativity and the variety of the products you have. So for everyone listening, you know, you have like beautiful clothing, but also incredible art pieces available for purchase. And, you know, this is something, this idea of online businesses is something that we've talked about a lot, Lauren and I, with our friend Jesse. Um, in our weekly mastermind meeting about, you know, it's so great, like making these digital products. And then we kind of always have this element of imposter syndrome creeps in and says, well, are you actually an artist? Like, like, who are you to create? You know, because we always think that art is something for someone else, or, you know, you're born with that creative flair. So can you give us a little bit of background on, you know, were you always creating in this way or did you really have a business idea and then sort of form it around this whole um, expressive outlet? So I have always been into creating and art since a young age. I took art classes in high school and I took a couple in college as well. But it was always something that I felt like I just didn't know how to make it profitable. And I absolutely love to do it, but I just could not figure out how to make it something that would be a big part of my life and be able to make money from it. I think in the back of my mind, I always thought, oh, I'm never going to be able to profit from this. I'm never going to be able to share this love for art with other people the way that I want to. And so I always had that in the back of my mind, but it was actually, so I went to grad school I became an occupational therapist, and in the interim of taking my um, certification exam and applying for jobs is when I had discovered the alcohol inks and fell in love with it, and at that time, I didn't have a job yet, Um, and so I was basically just playing around with the inks, getting used to it, and I loved it, but then I ended up getting an occupational therapy job and going that route. But then me and my husband moved down to Florida, and once again, I was without a job, and I thought, you know what? Let's just give this a go. Let's just see if I can do this, if I can do something with it. And I, to be honest, I didn't do a ton of planning or have a lot of like forethought into (laughs) exactly what I was doing, but I thought, if I don't just start my shop right now, I'm going to chicken out, and I will never start it. And so for me, it's been a process of kind of just jumping into it and learning as I go and um, kind of trying to battle that, you know, inner fear that, you know, you can't do this or, you know, um, second guessing yourself. So I definitely (laughs) think that, you know, a lot of people feel that way. They feel like an imposter when they first start something and to have the courage to overcome that um, is huge. Yeah. And, you know, growing up with you, Alyssa, we've known each other since we were five years old. And Alyssa has always been my artistic friend. Like, I always (laughs) admired her artwork. I was like, I want to be able to draw like her one day, paint like her one day. So, like, I knew from the age of five that she was pretty artistic. But then it also goes, like, 
into society where society a lot of times says, well, no, you have to get a real job. And mm-hmm. you, you like, there's, there's that the artist struggle, you know, and now with all these different online platforms and opportunities and such, you really can take all sorts of artwork and make it into your own business. It could be a side hustle. It could be a full-time thing. So I guess at this point, are you, are you running your businesses full-time or are they kind of a part-time thing? Uh, where, where are you with that? Right. So I will say it changes. Um, there have been times where I have done it full-time, um, just putting in a lot of hours. I was on a roll. <laughs> you know, you get an idea and it's like, I'm going with this and I'm up late and I'm, you know, working on it. Now that I have um, a newborn, <laughs> I will say that it is definitely more part-time. Um, but I have tried to put things in place to continue to run my business um, similar to the way that I had been before um, by kind of streamlining some of the processes and um, working more towards the print-on-demand aspect um, to make things a little bit more passive um, so that I can continue to provide products to people um, without needing to necessarily go to the post office and be shipping items all the time and packaging items and things like that, um, that have become somewhat difficult for me to do now, um, having a child. (laughs) Yeah. And the, the, I think that is such an amazing, unique thing about the way that you've created this online business and the way that you've been really intentional about this creative outlet that you've always kind of had like bursting from you, but how do you sort of channel it in a way that it's really conducive to um, the family situation that that you want to live and the life you want to live and also your income goals. Um, And that's something we talk a lot about too, is just how can we build our businesses around our families? Like what are our family goals? And then kind of going from there. Um, And which I think a lot of our listeners will resonate with because that is um, living the dreams. The dream a lot for for many of us is creating that um, and finding that purpose and that skill that we that we have to share with the world. And um, you said something that I really want to highlight. And you you know you moved down to Florida and you you said if I don't start this business now, otherwise I will never start. And. Um, that is so profound because I think a lot of women out there who who are kind of sort of in that idea phase and maybe want to launch but don't know how to launch, that we sort of get stuck in that analysis paralysis. And it really is just kind of saying, I don't know what's next, but I'm willing to see what happens and put in the time and effort to explore what's going to come come of it. Bouncing off of Mel, can you kind of walk us through your process of taking that leap of faith of uh, starting your business? What did it look like? What did that mean? Um, Can you walk us through a little bit of that? Definitely. So um, I had originally started with my Etsy shop. Um, I had several paintings that I um, wanted to try to sell on Etsy. And I didn't really know what I was doing, but I had a general idea. (laughs) So, you know, I would take photographs of the paintings and I would post them. Um, 
At the time, I did not know anything about search engine optimization, how to write um, titles and tags. So actually, I was posting my paintings and my title would basically be alcohol ink painting and then whatever title I had given the painting. And (laughs) nobody found my work. I mean... (laughs) Because nobody was searching for alcohol ink painting. If you are an artist and you know what alcohol ink is, um, you might want to see other people's alcohol ink paintings. But the general population doesn't necessarily know um, that specific medium. They might be looking for an abstract painting. They might be looking for a painting for their living room. Um, But I did not have any of those things in my titles or tags. And so it was a very slow start. Um, (laughs) Once I really got um, into the flow on social media, it was driving more traffic to my shops. Um, But I was not generating a ton of traffic to my shop through Etsy itself. As time went on, I did more research. I found resources um, about running an Etsy shop, about search engine optimization, um, about product photography, and um, those things kind of led me down a rabbit hole of (laughs) leading to other resources and just, I mean, there's so much you can learn and there's always something new to learn. And so... I would just go step by step and make changes to my shop um, as I learned new things. And that's kind of been my process ever since is just continuing to learn new things, finding new resources, um, and just kind of rolling with the changes. Because what was the standard when I first started my Etsy shop might not be the standard now. For example, as soon as I had gotten the hang of Instagram, it was like TikTok is the new thing. And now you have to be on TikTok and making TikTok videos. And I mean, that was a whole new skill set that I had to learn. And I'm still in the process of learning. (laughs) So yeah, that was kind of how I just kind of jumped into it. And it was the same with the Zazzle shop. Um, Just started kind of listing things on there and posting them to social media and Um, learning along the way. Another thing that I have done as far as streamlining my process is working with print-on-demand companies. And um, for me, making that transition was kind of sad because I love to create physical products. Um, It's something that I've always loved to do. But once I started my family, it just wasn't as feasible Um, to be able to create physical products in my home like that. And so I've streamlined some of those processes working with print-on-demand companies that coordinate with my Etsy shop and then working through Zazzle as well, which does the print-on-demand aspect. Now, I'm kind of curious because I'm trying to start my own business, but I'm definitely in the experimental phase And does preview and the print-on-demand, do a lot of those all work together? As far as the print-on-demand connecting with Etsy, um, I use a company called Printful. There's a lot of other print-on-demand companies that you can also 
set up to link to your Etsy shop. So basically, when a customer will order a t-shirt through my Etsy shop, and these are t-shirts that I have done the digital illustration for. So I am taking the time to create the design. I use Procreate, which is a program that allows you to create digital illustrations. It has a lot of cool features. So I do my own drawings. I create the mock-up image so that people know what the piece will look like when they receive it. And then I work with Printful to fulfill the order um, when somebody places the order through Etsy. Whoa, that is so fascinating, Ali. And like, it's really blowing my mind that process because, you know, I bought things on Etsy before and I don't think about how it's made. I don't think about who makes it. So to really have like kind of that workflow in my brain of like you create it, then it goes to, you know, this other company, they work with Etsy to fulfill the order and then it gets sent out um, is so incredible. And it also makes it more in my mind, um, more achievable too, because you think, well, um, as the business owner, you know, you're, you're creating, you're still the artist. And then you just have these other pieces in place that kind of fulfill like the business side of it. Um, so I think that will help everyone listening to kind of conceptualize what that would look like for them. You know, if they would like to go into the print on demand, um, world and, I'm so fascinated about this. I have a question because this is something that I think about sometimes when we're creating products online, especially digital products. So the designs you make, is there like a copyright on those or how does that kind of work for your sort of business? That's a good question. Um, I don't necessarily have a copyright on my images. And to be honest, I'm not super protective of them. Some people are. And and so more for me, um, when I'm creating digital illustrations, I have to be really careful about what I'm designing. Um, and this is something that I've also been learning in the process. There are so many things that you would not know are trademarked that are. So I just recently found out, and I, this was reading on Facebook, so people might want to double check this, but someone said that a smiley face, you cannot use a smiley face because that is owned by someone else. So for me, I am constantly trying to check and make sure that I am not violating anyone else's rights um, when I'm creating. And even terms, so um, I create a lot of baby um, body suits and I have to use the term bodysuit because the term onesie um, is actually owned by, I believe it's Gerber. So yeah, so when I'm, I'm marketing those and talking about um, those items, I, I refer to them as bodysuits. So a lot of little things like that, and it's something I have to just check all the time and make sure that I'm not, you know, crossing lines when it comes to those things. Some people, you will go on Etsy and you will see things like people will create um, Disney items, which technically is not. <laughs> you want to steer clear of Disney. I have heard that they have gone after people. <laughs> um, so I don't touch that, but, but some people choose. Some people 
take the risk. And so when you go on Etsy, you might see a lot of Disney um, items being offered. Um, so different, you know, people have different risk, uh, <laughs> risk taking, uh, I guess they want to take more of a risk. But for me, I, I try to not, not even get close to that. <laughs> That's fascinating. I, I There's so much that goes into like products and branding and, you know, how you market and your labels and such. Um, I wanted to to also ask with, with your print on demand, are you able to select like what types of articles of clothing you want things on or like the type of fabric you use? Like, do you have to go through all of that or do they give you different samples and then do you get any like um samples in the mail with your product on it that you can like try on the shirt and say yes I like this I don't like this that is a great question and this is one of the downsides of print on demand I would say um so there is a wide selection of items that are offered so most of the products that you could think of that someone would want, you could probably find a print-on-demand company that offers a product. Um, However, you don't necessarily know the quality of the product that they're providing. And so through Printful, you can get a discount each month to order samples of the items that you're offering. And so what a lot of people will do is they have an idea of which products they want to start offering and they may order some samples um, of those products just to see the quality. Um, So that's nice. I mean, they do have that option, but you still have to pay for it. It's a business expense. Um, but, But the other downside, I would say, is that you don't see the finished product before it gets sent out. And so a lot of times customers, it hasn't happened to me, but um, I've heard of it happening where maybe customers get a product and some of the ink has smeared or the colors just are not what they appeared, you know, online. And so you don't really know what's being sent to the customer. And for me, that was very difficult at first because I was, like I said, I was used to creating my own products. So I was creating alcoholic paintings and earrings and I knew exactly what was being sent to my customers. I could write a note and say, thank you and make it very personal. Um, but with print on demand, you can't do those things. And so that's kind of the downside. There's benefits, obviously, of it being more passive, but you also kind of lose some of the control that you have over the final product and the way that you can connect with your customers through the shipping process. Wow. So, but it sounds like with the samples, yeah, you still have some aspect to it, but like the final product, like on any given day is still subject to their quality. Yeah, that reminds me of, um, I posted, you know, when I posted my motorcycle journal to Amazon, that's a print-on-demand service through Amazon KDP. And it was very similar, you know, they had, um, you know, I uploaded the PDF of my journal and then there were maybe a handful of options as to like if I wanted colors, if I, what, what kind of paper I wanted. But at the end of the day, yeah, if those colors smudge, if, it, if the printer isn't having a good day or something, 
um, down in Texas where they print it, it's just like, well, it is what it is. Um, so yeah, but I, I agree with you. There is, you know, there is a, a give and take in terms of that kind of business model for sure. So how do you decide which products to create for your customers? I'm just so curious in how that, how that whole idea process goes. Like, what is that creative process like? For sure. So that is a great, great question because I tend to get carried away and I want to create all the things. (laughs) So sometimes I just, you know, we'll just start putting a design on a bunch of different things, but I've been really trying to focus more. And one of the ways that I have tried to focus is by doing kind of trend searches. So what you can do is you can go onto Etsy and you can see kind of what things are selling. So they'll have the bestseller badges or you can see like, oh, this person has sold maybe a thousand of this item. And so you can kind of see what is trending at the time. For example, right now, tank tops have been huge. So I have originally, I was just offering t-shirts and one day I decided to offer a tank top because I thought, oh, it's, it's summer and people might want tank tops. And I did a search and it seemed like people were, you know, selling or um, searching for tank tops. And so I started offering them and they sell great. (laughs) And I would never have, I I just didn't even think about selling them originally until I had kind of done the trend um, spotting searches. That's such a good point. And I love what you say there is, you know, you started with t-shirts um, with your designs and then you realize that, hey, this other product that is very in line with what you're already creating, it's a very small shift, but it's totally within the scope of your business. But to really jump on that trend exposes you to a, a bigger um, net of customers, I guess, if you will. Um, and that can be, you know, important for YouTube. You know, I see that a lot with my videos that I've been experimenting with. It's also the same with social media. Um, you know, if you run a blog or something, if if anyone listening, you know, is thinking like, oh gosh, you know, I'm I'm putting in the work, I'm I have my product out there, and I'm just not seeing results, or it's not what I expect. Maybe it can be a matter of saying, well, what does your market want right now, and how can you fill that gap um, in the way that you beautifully articulated, Ali? Yes, definitely. Yeah, and it's you made a good point. It's important to know who your customer is and what they want, because you could just keep creating a bunch of products, which I have definitely done (laughs) and nobody wants them. And you're like, Hmm, why is that? But then you realize, you know, the people that I am kind of marketing to don't want that. (laughs) I don't want that product. They want something different. And so Yeah, it it helps to think about the age group um, that you're looking at. What kind of products are they searching for? And kind of go from there and and just brainstorm who your perfect customer would be and what they look like. You could even take a piece of paper and draw that person (laughs) and say, this is the person that I think would resonate with what I want to create. And so it's kind of that 
meeting halfway, like you want your customer to resonate with what you're providing. So you don't want to lose yourself in that process either. Just saying, well, I'm just going to create products that I think someone else will like, because you also want to like what you're creating. Um, So for me, finding that balance of being passionate about what I'm creating, really speaking um, to me as an artist, but also trying to connect with people who um, resonate with what I'm creating. It's always a juggle, but it's so important. You make a really good point, like of of knowing your market and your your target audience. And I'm curious as as people are kind of dabbling with the different ideas that they might have in their head. Um, I know I've bounced around from different things, and and you said you started with the alcohol inks. Now you morph more into the print on demand. Has your audience changed, or is it still pretty similar with your audience? It's definitely changed, and. Um... That is something that I really struggled with because when I was creating my alcohol inks, I felt that I had like found a community of people who really mm-hmm. resonated with my work. Um, and even some of them I would consider friends now. I mean, we met maybe via social media or something because they liked my my work and wanted to know more about it. And um, we became friends. And then once I made the switch to um, digital illustration, a lot of people kind of, um, it's just not what they were coming to my page for originally. And it's completely understandable um, that they just weren't interested in engaging with this new medium that I was creating. And so it definitely has been a process. Um, Something that I'm still working on is finding um, that community that I used to have with alcohol inks. And there are people who have continued to follow my work. Um, You know, they still resonate with what I'm creating, but it's definitely a huge shift. And um, I think it will take some time to really build back up to what I had had. Yeah, that's so insightful to have a community to really have established that community and then say, well, I, I believe in what I'm doing here and I believe in my business and I'm, I'm going to make this shift and whoever still loves what I'm doing will shift with me and continue to follow me. And then you still continue to build that community out, you know, and you didn't, um, something to highlight here is like, you didn't say, oh, but I already have this community. Like I can't, I can't expand beyond that. But to say like, yes, like there is still room for me to grow as an artist and as a business. And um, that's something that I've thought about in my Instagram, you know, a little bit um, because I started with motorcycles and there's such a big motorcycle community online. And then, you know, I sprinkle in the mindset and then I sprinkle in more and then I sprinkle in more. And it's like, you know, there's still motorcycles on my page, but it's a different message these days. Um, So for everyone listening to know that you can, experiment and, um, you know, expand. It doesn't have to be limited by how you start. Um, and my next question is Ali. So you started in 2019 and I love your story that you've laid out for us. And I'm curious, how did you, or when did you start to see traction in your business after you started the Etsy? So like when, and when I mean by traction is like, When did you start to see things pick up? You know, how long did it take to get your first sale and those sorts of things? Definitely. So 
when I initially started my Etsy, like I said, I didn't really know what I was doing. (laughs) So it did take a little while. And honestly, I was starting out selling paintings and they just, they didn't get a lot of traction. And so I sat down and I said, I need to find a product, one that people would want to purchase as a gift. Because to me, the times that I have used Etsy, it's been me wanting to find a special gift for someone else. And I thought I need something that people would want to gift. And then I needed something that people would want to buy more than one of. Um, Because a lot of times with paintings, I mean, you can sure buy a lot of an artist's paintings, but once you have (laughs) a couple paintings, you know, you might not be as interested in purchasing another one. And so I wanted to come up with something that I could sell multiples of and that could be given as a gift. And that was when I started to create my earrings. And for me, that was kind of a game changer um, because people wanted to purchase them. And it was something that a lot of people weren't doing. And there's tons of jewelry on Etsy. Don't get me wrong. There's like so many jewelry shops, but the alcohol ink jewelry, there just weren't a lot of people doing it. And so it was something that I could kind of highlight as being unique while still being commonplace enough that people knew to search for jewelry. And so that was really when things started to pick up. And it was about that same time, too, that I was really getting into the groove with social media. And so I was generating a lot of traffic um, from Instagram at that point as well. And so that was super helpful. But it, it did take time, like I said, to build that community of people and to get my work out there and to get it to be seen and to make connections with other artists who um, we would share each other's work on Instagram. So yeah, it's not like a, for most people, I will say when you start um, a handmade business, it is not a get rich quick (laughs) kind of thing. (laughs) It takes a lot of patience and perseverance and Um, Even when you start to think that things are looking up and becoming really profitable, you might end up having a month or so where things just don't go the way you thought they would. It's it's a roller coaster. (laughs) (laughs) And with your business um, and and your social media and such, did um, did you find yourself marketing at first to primarily friends and family or did it expand other artists? pretty, pretty quickly. And like, I guess just kind of thinking about your reach, if maybe uh, people might have a smaller community, how do you kind of expand beyond that community? Yeah. So I think pretty early on, I realized that um, my friends and family weren't necessarily who I wanted to be marketing to, because that would have probably limited me somewhat. And I, I really wanted to have a wider reach than that. And also just the type of art that I was creating um, was very abstract. And I feel like it took a certain group of people to appreciate that. So really connecting with other artists. And there was a good um, amount of alcohol ink artists or people who were interested in pursuing alcohol inks just leisurely, who appreciated my work and 
would purchase that way. But yeah, I, I think early on, I, I did make quite a few sales to friends and family at the beginning. And I always appreciated their support so much. But I yeah, I did try to market myself to other groups of people on a broader spectrum as well. On that to- uh, topic of marketing, I love that question because it's always such a big one starting a business too. It's like, well, who are my first customers going to be? So um, to think about, you know, who's your client? What do they look like? What what product or what need is your um, is your service or product going to fill? Um, are such good considerations. And I I love your store. I've already said that I love your social. All your pictures are phenomenal. Can you tell us a little bit about how you managed to get like the most beautiful photo with the most beautiful lighting? that is going to look, importantly, look good online, that customers are going to want to say like, hey, I want that. Add that to my shopping cart. (laughs) Yeah, so I love photography. Um, It's a part of my business that I also consider almost to be an art form. um, And I, I just love it. So I had done a lot of research on product photography. Um, that being said, I've always used my cell phone. <laughs> um, I have a Samsung and I just love it. I think it takes great photos. And um, so I've stuck with it. But um, I would just watch videos on how people were taking product photos and getting kind of a consistent feel to your photography. So I actually at one point had created my own light box I used a cardboard box and some tissue paper and a flashlight, and I created a light box to photograph my jewelry in. And that was awesome because all of my pieces then had a consistent backdrop. And sometimes I would change my photos based on the season, but I really wanted to kind of keep things as consistent as possible. But I also use Lightroom to edit my photos. And I um, have certain presets that I use, again, to try to get kind of a consistent um, feel. It hasn't always been that way. (laughs) Um, I feel like if you scroll through my Instagram, you'll see like my style has changed um, throughout the years. But um, yeah, picking a specific feel that you want for your photos and then choosing the props that you're going to have in your photos based off of kind of your your product's feel and then using consistent um, editing so that your pieces flow but also that they look the way that they look in person because you don't want to edit something too heavily and then someone gets the product and they say, this is not what I ordered. So actually when you're editing, it's super helpful to try to get your photo to look as close to your actual piece as possible. Fantastic. That is so helpful and tactical on how to basically make your products look gorgeous, you know, not only in an online store, but also on social, because we know that that's an important way to kind of market our message as well. And I know I definitely am going to look into Lightroom because I need to make my photos consistent. I just throw them up and post them um, kind of haphazardly. Um, This is 
so amazing. And Lauren tells me that you have had some changes in your family. Uh, I think you alluded to that recently. So why don't we kind of hear about how, um, how, you know, having a baby has impacted your Etsy and your Zazzle store and, and what does that look like for you moving forward? Yeah. So, um, my little one is now 10 weeks old. Um, She's super precious and we are loving every minute with her, Um, but it definitely has taken away from the time that I have to commit to my shop. And so, like I mentioned previously, really trying to streamline all those processes um, has been huge for me because I am very passionate about my shops and I absolutely love what I do, and I want to continue to do it and um, see growth in that. And so that that's important for me. And so I'm going to try to do what I can to make things easier and less time consuming (laughs) so that I can balance both. Because when you have a newborn, obviously, they take a lot of your time. (laughs) And so trying to find that balance is something that I'm still really working on. Um, But I do feel like I had the forethought um, while I was pregnant to kind of try to keep business going and find ways to make that work. And so in the future, that's what I see myself continuing to do to just try to be resourceful and keep business going, keep producing new designs, keep working on my digital illustrations so that I can just become better at what I'm doing and connect with more people who also enjoy that kind of thing. I would love to eventually one day get back to using alcohol inks. That is still on my radar. Like I said, it was so hard for me to give it up and I am just dying to get back to it. (laughs) But Right now, uh, it's just not, I don't want to um, risk using the inks right now um, just with the toxic materials that are in them um, with a little one around. And so that will probably be sometime down the road in the future when I can have some separation from her (laughs) and get back to doing that. That's so great. And do you... um... I mean, just how, how, how flexible is, is kind of this underlining theme that I keep hearing uh, from both of you in starting your businesses. It's just you started in one way and then life happens and different things keep happening and you have to adapt and change and, um, and, and be open to that. And I'm just curious, have you thought about uh, using your photography and more business stuff or selling photography or anything like that? Or, or are you sticking with print on demand and just kind of riding that one out right now? Yeah, you know what? That is a great question. And it's something that I had not really even thought about. (laughs) But now that you bring it up, I mean, maybe it's something that I will look into because like I said, I mean, I love the photography aspect of my business as well. And um, yeah, so sharing that with other people could be really awesome. Um, But like I said, I, it's not something that I had thought about. <laughs> so right now for me, it's just mostly been focusing on um, digital illustration and providing those products through print on demand and just kind of going in that direction for now. 
Yeah, I felt really inspired when you said that you created your own light box, um, especially someone who's new trying to get into business and you're learning and it's like overwhelming to think about, oh, now I got to buy this and do I need the best camera? And now I need a light box and a green screen and all this stuff. And it's like, oh, wait, I can make some of this at home. I don't have to buy these hundred dollar things. I can use a cardboard box and some tissue paper and make some really awesome uh, pictures for my products. So that was really inspirational to hear. Yeah. And honestly, just being resourceful with things that you might have around the house. Um, if you have any kind of greenery just sitting around your house or you grow flowers, whatever. I mean, those are great things that you can use in your product photography. Um, that doesn't necessarily take away from the product itself, but is kind of just an accessory in the photo. Um, that really, it doesn't cost you anything. Um, so there's definitely ways to do things um, that won't cost you that much money. Well, ladies, this has been so much fun. I have full on notes like all over the place right now. Um, shall we do a round of wins to kind of close out? I'm so curious how your businesses are going this week. Ali, why don't you start us off? Sure. So like I said, I have a newborn, so things have been very hectic and I haven't been able to do as much of the research um, as I um, had previously been doing. However, this week I did attend a seminar, um, online seminar um, in regards to print on demand and um, improving, you know, the products that you're offering on print on demand. And it was just so great to get back into that routine of looking into new resources and learning new things um, because I had kind of taken a step back from that for a couple of weeks while we were getting used to having a baby in the home. Awesome. And I, yeah, very similar to you, Alyssa, I'm going through a change of, of moving. So um, the business has kind of taken a back burner. So I'm focusing on uh, closing up the job I'm at and moving. Um, but I watched some YouTube videos. I went down a rabbit hole about shipping products um, and that was something that has always kind of overwhelmed me and thinking about if I were to make candles or chapstick or body products, where do I even start with shipping? Um, and just watching some YouTube videos where people break it out. And I was like, oh, it's just a big logistical game. Like to kind of figure out there's all these different options and they laid out the different options of whether you pay by weight or by like cubic size and how shipping fluctuates based on like the locations and um, zoning and stuff. So it was just really interesting to learn a little bit more about the world of shipping and what that looks like and realizing that like, oh, all these other people are doing it. I could do it too, you know? Yeah. And my win for the week is I finally batched my YouTube videos. I was so excited to do this last week because I've been seriously talking about it for a very long time, but I sat down and I recorded four YouTube videos and I edited them and I made the YouTube cover like and the thumbnail for it. So still need to schedule them, but that was a really big hurdle in my mind of um, just getting it done. But uh, the good thing is once you do it once, you know, it just gets easier. So I'm excited to continue batching my content like that and, um, you know, talking about systemization, you know, scheduling it out and kind of lightening my load during the week so I can focus on other areas of my business. 
Awesome. Well, congrats, ladies. I'm so excited to celebrate all of your wins. Um, that was so amazing to hear about your businesses. And I just want to say this has been so fun, Ali Marie, having you on the podcast, learning about your business. And we have talked about so many things. We've talked about how to create digital products online, how to leverage these marketplaces. So Etsy and Zazzle to build a business, how to find clients and customers, how to create products that your customers want to buy, how to make them look beautiful. And you even sprinkled in a couple like really tactical tips and, you know, resources that, that we can look, um, look at. And we're going to link all of that that we talked about in the show notes. And Ali, where can everyone find you online? Yes. So you can find me on Etsy at Ali Marie Art. That's my shop name. And then on Zazzle at Ali Marie. And then on Instagram, you can also find me and it is Ali Marie Art. Awesome. And we will definitely be linking that in the show notes below as well. Terrific. Well, thank you so much, Ali. Thank you so much. It's been fun. Join us next week as we continue to help you chase your dreams unapologetically. Subscribe to Imposter Women wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribing will help keep you from missing any episode and it's going to help us grow the podcast. We are so excited to see you in the next episode.